0: Welcome to the MarTechnoBeat, an industry podcast for marketing professionals. I'm your host Pradeep Tangaraju, joined by my colleague Saurabh Bharadwaj from Abu Dhabi. And if you are working in marketing, subscribe to this show to learn the latest ideas from marketing experts around the world. So Sanjeev Michani is a CRM and loyalty marketing professional and has an amazing experience spanning over 15 years across both retail and loyalty marketing, with the last 10 years dedicated to driving loyalty performance for various brands such as the State Bank of India, Raymond Limited, and Five. Speaking about his exceptional experience, he was responsible for loyalty partnerships for Freedom Rewards, which was back then the world's largest loyalty program, covering to over 110 million debit card holders for the State Bank of India. Panjeev holds an MBA in marketing and strategy from Indian School of Business, AKA ISB. He is currently based out of Dubai and is working for the April Group. April Group is a global fashion and lifestyle retail conglomerate with a dominating presence across the Middle East, Southeast Asia, India, and the emerging markets. April Group operates over 75 plus leading brands such as Tommy Hilfiger, Charles and Keith, Sketchers, Aldo, Stone Creamery, and many more. At April Group is responsible for CRM, loyalty partnerships, and customer experience. I'm super thrilled to have Sanjeev as a guest speaker on the show. So Sanjeev, welcome to the MarTechno Beat.
1: Hi Pradeep, hi Saurabh, thank you guys so much for having me.
0: Pleasure is all ours, Sanjeev. So I was just mentioning, you know, several things um, that you, know, you manage at April Group: CRM, loyalty, campaign strategy, customer analytics. You know, I think of it as a fascinating mix of responsibilities that directly impact the end customers. So I just like to ask you. What are the top three metrics that you daily wake up to?
1: So, Pradeep, given where we are with the program at the Apparel Group, uh, what is most important to us right now are the number of enrollments that we drive into the program. Uh, Then, obviously, as a function of loyalty, the number of repeat customers that keep coming back to us. And finally, an overarching metric, which sort of uh, is a subset of both of these. Sorry, is a superset of both of these. It's the loyalty contribution to business. So this is the three metrics that I track uh, on day to day.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So you are trying to uh, ensure that there are more business, new business coming in, and ensuring that you know the people who you are, the customers who you already hold, are retained, right? And uh, that's that's brilliant. And you. Also did an amazing job with State Bank of India, and I'm really excited to you know hear uh, about how you were a part of the largest, um, the world's largest loyalty program at that at the point in time. Uh, could you please tell us a bit about your work with uh, the well-known bank, State uh, State Bank of India, please?
1: Sure. So at that time, I was working with Loyalty Rewards. Loyalty Rewards, uh, I think even right now continues to operate almost all the. Re- loyalty programs for public sector banks in the country. State Bank of India was by far the largest bank that we had. And what we had done was we had a team that went out and created merchant partnerships. What would happen was if you shop using a state bank debit card at these merchants, those merchants would then fund bonus points, which were given to these customers. These merchants obviously then wanted to to know that they were getting value for that relationship. So what my team and I were responsible for doing was, we had to then constantly keep telling these merchants that we were able to drive one repeat footfalls, two uh, increase frequency through our partnership with State Bank of India, and also get uh, new footfalls to walk in basis people who were shopping in similar categories across brands that were competing. Uh, so on a on a day on day basis, uh, we would constantly meet these retailers. We would keep telling them that we're driving value to them. Uh, We keep running campaigns for them in the markets that they operated in. And uh, because we had a wealth of data from SPI, we were actually able to find out how many people were already shopping with these merchants, how many people were showing potential to transact in the categories that these merchants operated at. And how that helped us was that it constantly let us tell these merchants that they form a certain percentage of the overall pie and that pie could only grow larger. So that was what we did constantly. Um, I had the pleasure of working with uh, stalwarts like uh, both Vijay Jairaj and Swamia Chatterjee who, Samya was CTO at Loyalty Rewards, then went on to go found Easy Rewards. Vijay uh, has done great things in the loyalty space itself. So this was sort of where I honed my skills in loyalty management.
0: Fascinating. So this this really sounds like, you know, a lot of customer segmentation that you had to employ and, uh, you know, drill into a lot of analytics and not just that, uh, employing a lot of techniques for partner retention uh, to really manage getting all those new footfalls and driving value for them.
1: Absolutely. Uh, See, the context is also that this was 10 years ago. Uh, If someone had asked us to do something like this today, you have a lot of these metrics that are readily available that you could go and show uh, these retailers. Also, given where the loyalty ecosystem is today, a lot of the retailers are open to the idea of running loyalty programs themselves. 10 years ago, while it wasn't completely the Wild West out there, uh, it still took a lot of convincing to get these guys on board and to tell them that uh, we were driving value. And uh, I'm sure you guys are aware that attribution in the loyalty world is always, uh, you know, a bit of a gray area and we try and iron that out as much as we can. But again, 10 years ago, it was, it was a bit of a task. Uh, So all the analysis that we did, all the segmentation that we did. And like I said, we had data at a transaction level at a, for an individual customer. Uh, And while personal data was obviously masked, uh, the potential to run analysis on that volume of data. You can imagine 110 million debit card holders, every single debit card transaction flowing into us. You can imagine the scale that we operated at. Uh, so yes. like I said, it was, it was extremely exciting, the work that we did at the scale that we did it at.
0: Fantastic. That's that's brilliant. And, and then, Sanjeev, you've moved on to work with Raymond's. And again, Raymond's being almost a 100-year-old legacy. Um, please, please do tell us about your work with them. Have you, you know, again, managed to um, bring up a loyalty program and convince uh, partners uh, there and how, how you went about the whole process?
1: Sure. So at Raymond, we were in an interesting space where we actually had three different loyalty programs within the same company. Uh, the Raymond shop had a program of its own. Uh, Park Avenue and Parks had a program and Color Plus had a separate program. Uh, as a customer, we attracted the same audience across all these brands. And given that these brands existed in different parts of the same customer's life stage, we thought it was a great idea to combine these programs because one, it would give the same customer uh, accelerated earn and the ability to get to a point where he's able to burn quicker. Uh, And also it would help us lead this customer through the life stage that we would envision. So for instance, uh, the idea always was to catch a customer early and sort of introduce him to the brand parks. Uh, in, in in the Raymond ecosystem, it was, it was a value brand and it was sort of a conduit to enter the Raymond universe. Uh, after a few years, the idea was then to get this customer introduced to Park Avenue, which offered smart formals, uh, then sort of handhold this customer towards uh, Raymond itself, where he's getting... Uh, shirts and trousers tailored and over time transition that same customer to a made-to-measure and also a color plus which was in the uh, premium casual segment uh, so that was the intent behind creating the program uh, and I think we managed to pull that off fairly well the good thing was that we always had constant support from uh, Sanjay Bel who was the CEO then uh, so this program came up under his guidance and uh, honestly it did it did pretty well Uh,
2: uh, Great. Uh, It's always good to hear, you know, uh, stories about such brands. And uh, I would like to, you know, continue on the same, Raymond. Uh, So about the number of Raymond franchisees engaging with the loyalty program, you did manage to increase that number from 60% to 98%. But the word ain't all sunshine and rainbows. Uh, So why don't you share as to what kind of challenges you faced while negotiating partnerships with the franchisees? And how did you influence them?
1: So one constant problem that we had at the program was the fact that uh, you know there wasn't too much participation from the franchises, and given that Raymond is a franchisee-heavy business, of uh, at that time we had about thirteen fifty stores, of which about three hundred and fifty stores were owned by Raymond, and all the rest were franchises. Uh, one of the recommendations that came was that the franchisees need to have skin in the game so we actually started ch- charging franchisees a certain percentage of top line as a fee to run the program now as you can imagine that this was this was completely new and out of the blue so a lot of franchisees stood up and said that we don't want to pay this money uh, as i said before we had backing from uh, mr sanjay bell uh, and he sort of Coached us into how we uh, you know deal with this problem what we did was uh, we took after about you know 2 months of running this program we took results of this program to a, fra- to a bunch of franchises and we went to the large ones the ones who whose voice was constantly the loudest and the ones who you know were the the ones who were noticed the most in the ecosystem we went to them and we proved to them with data that given participation, as long as you're participating, which is enrolling customers, and when a customer is walking back in, getting this customer to redeem points that he has accumulated. And then we compared the old program with the new program. And we told them that with the new program, even though you are spending money to be a part of that program, your ROI is significantly higher as part of the new program. And this we kept uh, sending them as reports. We, We had constant meetings with them week on week, month on month. To a point where these guys were actually convinced that the program was delivering value to them so this was something that actually helped us you know drive uh, adoption of the program across the franchising network it's a constant effort uh, right so you have to keep nudging them and
2: showing them the roi and then i think that plays a major role
1: Um, absolutely
2: uh, so uh, just to follow up on the loyalty program again So when a company is considering launching a loyalty, there can be a lot of questions like what is the consumer preferences? What does the uh, market basket analysis say? What kind of returns can be expected? Uh, In your experience, Sandeep, how should a company plan for a loyalty?
1: So, see, in all honesty, I think um, if you have a consumer-facing business, you need to have some version of a loyalty program only because of the fact that you need to be able to identify a customer. Uh, I, keep, I keep telling a lot of people who I meet that the points that you give is basically cost of a customer identifying himself. Uh, if, if you don't want a customer to identify himself, you don't need a loyalty program. Um, but irrespective of what you say, whether, so, I mean, I've, been, I've worked at multiple companies I've worked with multiple finance heads uh, and I've seen the entire spectrum where people say that one, a loyalty program is a cost. And the other end of the spectrum, which is loyalty program is an investment. Uh, these programs tend to work a lot more effectively if there is support from, uh, from the powers that be. But I think a lot of the things that you mentioned, right, which was, you know, market basket returns and all of that. I think that that is a byproduct after a lot of effort in one, setting up the program and two, uh, ensuring that the program runs to a point where it can be successful. A lot of people, and, and this happened at Raymond also, where uh, you know after a year of operation, someone will come and tell you what is CLTV. It's unlikely that you will be able to you know, come up with a metric like a CLTV at a point which is just a year into the program. To identify that will take a a little while. It takes a lot of learning. It takes a lot of understanding consumer behavior. And I personally don't like that one metric of CLTV because to me, it's a lag indicator. Uh, It's a a cumulative end state of a bunch of activities that you have run. So I'd rather focus energies into getting that CLTV to increase uh, and then finding out what it is when the team has the bandwidth to be able to do it. So the idea is going back to your question is, you know, to get the program up and running first, ensuring that the program has the ability to be a success and then figuring out things like market basket, CLTV and, and things like that. Uh, right.
2: Very well said. I think this provokes a lot of thought, you know, when you design a loyalty program and I think everyone who will listen to it will gain a lot uh, from this. Uh, now, Talking, you know, we, we were talking about the past. Now, you have joined Apparel Group, which is one of the most prominent uh, retailers within the Middle East region. Uh, can you please tell us about the Apparel Group uh, being a global fashion and lifestyle conglomerate? It seems like you have almost everything under one umbrella to target all segments of the market.
1: Absolutely. Uh, We're in men's wear, women's wear, kids, home, uh, and also in F&B. So uh, it presents a unique opportunity in the sense that, uh, you know, this is a coalition program of sorts in itself. Um, So the complexity in the program is that much more intensified. You don't have to track a particular kind of user. You track the entire family. You track spends across categories. You're looking not at just Uh, increasing category penetration but you're looking at overall share of wallet across monthly spend Uh, so it's a mini coalition so to speak Uh, there are things missing from a traditional coalition definitely banking is missing um, things like uh, you know fuel which tends to be a large anchor partner is missing but yes it's a fairly large uh, ecosystem in itself and like I said it leads to a whole bunch of new complexities some of which I'm still trying to wrap my head around
2: Exactly. So, because from your previous experience to now where you have multiple brands catering to different segments of the market. Uh, So, can you tell us more about the loyalty program at Apparel Group? Uh, What is the benefit for the members and what does it offer from an earn and burn proposition?
1: Sure. Uh, It is a three-tiered program. We have three tiers which are uh, silver, gold and black. Uh, rate of earn is 2%, 3% and 5%. And depending on the tier you are in, you get a bunch of additional benefits, you get birthday points, you get uh, the uh, the ability to choose if you're in black tier two days as your personal sale days. So if you feel like shopping at a benefit, which any any other tier may not have, all you have to do is give us a call and tell us that you want to use two particular days as your personal sale days. And on those two days, you will get the ability to shop at a discount. Um, so that's the structure of the program. Uh, there are a bunch of things we are doing uh, where we're going to change the structure a little bit, change the uh, tiers, but all of that is work in progress. And hopefully, we will bring that to market soon.
2: Yes. Uh, truly, it, it's gonna be more complex than others, and it's uh, you know uh, I'm myself as a member of the loyalty program, so I know the benefits of it. But I'm curious about what kind of KPIs you track to measure the performance of the program. Is uh, is it repeat purchases, basket size, and or overall returns?
1: Uh, see, like I said earlier, the The focus right now is on two things, which is driving enrollments and getting people to come back to us. Uh, We want to increase the number of people we're able to reach out to uh, because of which we track enrollments uh, with with an eagle eye. Uh, And the customers that we have as part of the program, the intention is to one, uh, make them aware of the fact that we have a bunch of other brands that they can shop at and therefore earn points. Uh, and even if they're shopping in the same brand, we'd obviously like them to increase category penetration. Uh, so while we're not looking at average basket size, what we're looking at is category penetration and brand penetration.
0: Right. Um, Understood. That's, that's, that's a lot like, you know, get the action started and uh, let the analytics catch up with you.
1: Absolutely. Uh, like I said earlier, uh We'd rather get things in motion and get things done. Uh, and then exactly like you said, let the analytics catch up with you. Right. Definitely. Uh, I think we should also cover one
2: other aspect, Sanjeev, while we are speaking about, and that is about the technology, right? Uh, there is a lot of advancement that happened, and you spoke for in, in uh, just a few minutes back, that 10 years back when you were working with SPI, uh, there were a lot of things which were not available, but right now there's a lot of tech support. There's a lot of AI, so just to cover that aspect as well, uh, about the technology powering the loyalty program, like uh, what kind of cards do you issues, issue? Issue um, what is the power of the app? Uh, mobile numbers, you know, all those you know plugins and getting that data into one place. How how does that work for for a apparel group?
1: We don't issue cards as part of the program. Our program is completely app-based. You download the Club Apparel app from either the Play Store or the uh, App Store. Uh, All you need to do is give us your mobile number, enter your email ID, and you're good to go. Uh, There are a bunch of other... There's a bunch of other information which you can add, but you only need to add that at the time of redemption. Uh, But to start earning points and to start understanding what is available in the ecosystem, the benefits of the tiers... Uh, all of that you can do with just logging and registering on the app. that there's a barcode available on the app. Uh, at the time of billing, all the all that the uh, sales staff will do is scan the barcode and your points will be redeemed. Uh, there's no need for you know what we've seen fairly often, which is an OTP process, we don't have that as well. Uh, so as long as you have the app, everything happens on the app itself. Great.
2: Uh, And uh, again, a follow-up question on the technical uh, side of it as well. Uh, There are a lot of communication channels uh, which are available. How do you engage with your customers and how uh, effective are they? How do they differ across each and other brands? Like, do you follow something like that?
1: We do, yes. Uh, Because we have an app, our primary mode of communication is push notifications. Uh, for a bunch of people whom we're not able to reach out to via push notifications, we also use emailers followed by SMSs. And we will hopefully soon be live on WhatsApp as a channel as well. Yes, I think WhatsApp is catching up. Absolutely.
0: Yep, you know, I mean, I must uh, make this point. The other day, I just happened to receive this WhatsApp message from uh, another loyalty provider in, in, in India and it said, uh, hey, your points are expiring by 21st of January and here's how you can redeem it. So I was very pleasantly surprised. And it's very nice that somebody really cares about you that, hey, you know, you have some points saved and they don't want, to, uh, they won't, they don't want you to lose those points and you know, that, that's, that's nice. So uh, Sanjeev, again, are you kind of um, employ, what kind of communications are you employing? Um, what kind of campaigns do you run around um, these loyalty points?
1: Uh, sorry, Pradeep, I'll just go back to what you said a little while ago. While, so as a marketer, while WhatsApp as a channel sounds incredibly interesting to me, as a consumer, it sort of makes me wary because what was earlier, my personal ecosystem is now suddenly open to a bunch of brands. Um, I know for a fact that when I book a ticket on Make My Trip, I think I, I, start to get, I, I, think I get five messages for one transaction. Uh, which is not great experience personally. I don't know if, uh, if everybody else is okay with it. Uh, but I think as a marketer, all of us need to learn that it's a very fine line you straddle, uh, given that someone's willing to open their personal space up to you. Uh, so that's something we've been looking at very closely and we're trying to understand what is that point where, you know, we say that it's going from uh, something that a customer is willing to receive versus something that's going to, you know, sort of push him over the edge and he will block you. So that's something we're trying to work out while we roll out our uh, WhatsApp channel as well.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we we really gotta be very careful about the frequency of communications, the channels that we are reaching out to. Um, Yes, well put. Uh, I I myself, you know, uh, uh, when speaking to the clients, there are always questions uh, saying, hey, what do you think would be the appropriate number of communications that you can send out in a day? or send out in a week. Uh, I always tell them that, uh, you know, just just put yourself in the customer's shoes and and try to resonate how many communications would you want to receive? Or do you want to be reached out via this channel, right? So that's how you go about it. Great, well put. So uh, Sanjeev, um, tell me what is the biggest challenge that you're trying to solve at the moment? and. Uh, um, but please tell us as to what is um, going to be your 2022 mission for april group
1: sure so the problem i think we're trying to solve right now is the ability to get things to market like i said there is a bunch of changes we want to make in the program uh, and what i personally like to do is to test it in a very small uh, subset of the ecosystem to see if it works or if it doesn't work and then decide to roll it out to market so that process takes a little longer time than I think any one of us internally will appreciate. Uh, So that's something that is a challenge we're trying to solve. Uh, With regards to 2022 mission, uh, I think what we want to be is, given the categories that we operate in, we want to get to a point where at least for our members, we'd like to be top of mind in those categories. So a lot of our efforts are going to go into being able to engage on the app, uh, for which we're looking at a bunch of add-ons, uh, which will get people to use the app more often, and also when the time comes, you know, sort of put us, like I said earlier, top of mind in that customer's mind. So that's focus for for the year.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. And Sanjeev, um, just speaking about twenty twenty two, off late, there's a lot of buzz around. Uh, this concept of metaverse, and especially after Facebook rebranded themselves as Meta, um, and again, um, you know, there is um, an equal amount of buzz uh, uh, around digital experience, where you know, again, you are looking at a mix of physical and digital. Now, um, Apple Group again being um, a, a well-versed mix. Of, of both digital interfaces with with the physical stores um, what are your uh, thoughts and opinions of these emerging experiences and um, do you visualize um, them fitting anywhere in, in your future roadmap of customer experience
1: so with regard to the metaverse honestly I think we are at the threshold of potential that we really can't comprehend I think the, I think I honestly think potential is huge. Uh, if you ask me what we would like to do in that today, I honestly don't know. But given, uh, like you said, Facebook's rebranding, given Microsoft's recent acquisition, uh, given what Sony is committed to doing, uh, I think there is a lot of action that's going to happen in their space, in, in that particular space. Uh, people are buying land in the metaverse and those values are exceeding millions right now. Uh, so I think the potential is immense. I don't know how it will affect us, but I'm guessing we will find out over the course of this year. Um, and with regard to uh, the fidget bit, there are a bunch of things that we're trying. Uh, we do have a few uh, a few tests going on in some of our stores, so you'll just have to wait and see what comes of those.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. So that's, that's a bit of a surprise that... Uh... Uh, the listeners are going to be uh, uh, looking forward to Sanjeev. <laughs> Great. Um, so Sanjeev, um, in, in, in terms of CRM and loyalty resources, um, you being a veteran, um, you want to suggest any recommendations for our listeners?
1: So, There are a couple of newsletters that I subscribe to. There is obviously the Wise Marketer and there is Loyalty360. Uh, There are a bunch of LinkedIn groups where fairly interesting conversations happen. Uh, And I've been listening to your podcast as well. And that that gives me great insight too.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sanjeev. Uh, But before I let you go, uh, are there any specific trends in CRM and loyalty marketing that um, you feel we should talk a bit more about or have we covered them all with? the various experiences that we discussed. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to share, uh, Sanjeev, for our listeners?
1: I think we've covered almost everything. There is, uh, I think the one thing I'd just like to mention is that, uh, you know, a few years ago, the buzzword was, you know, personalization. And uh, uh, a lot of us try to do our best at it. But I think that a lot of us are actually yet to uncover the you know, potential. It, it has the ability to unlock. Um, there is also that fine line between, uh, you, know, tell, you know, showing the customer that, uh, hey, I know what you need versus, uh, you know, it gets to a point where it becomes intrusive and it becomes creepy. I don't think that, and I'll be very honest, I don't think that we uh, are at a point where I could sit down and say that, yes, I do a great job at personalization. I think we have a lot to learn and a lot, long way to go in that. Uh, but I think it's something that has the potential to drive great revenue.
0: I, I think that's a, a very fine line of balance that you will have to draw um, as a brand um, where you know enough to personalize um, uh, just to ensure customer delight but not to uh, get a little uh, uh, too deep or creepy into uh, what the customers don't want you to know, right? That's Absolutely. That's very critical. Great, and and Sanjeev, if people do want to follow up with you directly after this podcast, uh, what is your preferred communication channel? Uh, LinkedIn or Twitter?
1: LinkedIn works brilliantly.
0: Great, all right, Sanjeev, um, it's 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 been an extraordinary conversation uh, with me and uh, Sarab and. Uh, I think we have covered so much more that I even hoped and I really want to thank you for your time. Um, it was insightful. Of course, I'm going to be catching up with you after the podcast for more discussions. Um, thank you so much and, and all the best with your work at April Group going forward, Sanjeev.
1: Thank you, Pradeep. Thank you so much, Saru. Thank you. I much appreciated. Thank you this. so much, Sanjeev. I appreciate your time as well.
0: Thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of MarTech No Beat. To listen to more episodes on marketing insights, just head to your favorite podcast platform, find the MarTech No Beat and subscribe. Thanks again for supporting the show. Thank you.